continue to praise him. Amen. Bringing all these uh, forces out. You got to help me. Heart the herald angel sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim. Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. May in time behold Him come. Offspring of the truth.
this morning, Father God. Hey, are you excited to give praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, huh? Put your hands together. Lord, we give you praise today. Lord, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise. And God, we just thank you that uh, the manger was accessible to everyone. We see all the people that came that day. And Lord, um, we are grateful that you have made yourself accessible. You've emptied yourself and you came as a baby that we could know you. Lord, we couldn't be more grateful. We couldn't. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's so good to see you. So much green and red and dressed up people. You're looking really good today, I'm just telling you. From my vantage point, you look, you look exceptional. You may be seated. And uh, if you are a guest here today, we would love it. If you could fill out and complete one of our Connect cards, they're in the seat back in front of you. And if you could do that, that would be wonderful. And just turn it into the guest services table out in the lobby. And uh, they have a gift for you. And we just want to be able to thank you formally. We appreciate it. And we could not wish you more of a Merry Christmas. We're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering. And I was joking with, with some folks this morning. We were sitting in here. You know, the Italians, they do uh, seven fishes. Maybe we'll do seven offerings. We'll just take seven offerings today, right? Just, just keep taking them one after the other and for different things. But we actually have two offerings we're going to take. This is our, our main offering we're going to take this morning. And then pastor's going to talk, talk a little bit more about our fire Bible offering in just a little bit later here. But uh, let's, uh, let's bow our heads and pray as we receive uh, these gifts for God. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for emptying yourself, as Philippians and Paul talks about. Thank you for the reality of Christmas and thank you that you came to all men and women of all ages, of all time. You came for us all. And we are um, just humbled by who you are. And we pray that these gifts and this offering, these tithes and offering, would build the kingdom that you have established on this earth. Lord, we love you and say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for that blessing. Not only is it warm and toasty in here compared to outside, but you know, as we worship today and as we heard this wonderful special, um, there's really a warm spirit here today, isn't there? Amen. Praise God for that. Hey, um, well, I'm going to bore you with some of the mundane, yet this is important. Uh, just some announcements. Um, four announcements. Number one, this Friday is the final Friday of 2022, and we're going to celebrate with some food. We're going to eat one more time this year. And so I want you to bring something good Friday night, 530. Um, actually, just, just to give you a little bit of um, uh, some advance notice of what we want to do. I don't care where you come in to the building Friday night, 530. Um, but ultimately, we're going to do what has worked pretty well in the last couple of years. And that is when we finally go to eat, we're going to come through these doors, go through the tables and back out to the cafe to sit. And um, that'll work good, really well. And then um, the youth, they have a special night planned after we're done eating together. So, and we do have some leftovers from the Christmas dinner. Can you believe that was two weeks away? Uh, and the Christmas kids musical was three weeks away already. Uh, but it's here. Christmas is here. Merry Christmas to all of you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And then, so we got final Friday. And then next um, Next Sunday is New Year's Day, of course. We're going to do similar to what we did today, except there is full nursery and toddler care, junior kids church, kids church, kind of all back to normal, except no life groups. Just the cafe will be open for an hour in advance, 9 to 10 o'clock, and then we'll uh, gather here. And then the following Saturday, January 7, we have a new members class or membership class for those that are, want to know more about becoming a, a formal part of Praise Assembly. A uh, reminder that calendars are out for the new year. Again, it's coming. It's coming. There are guest services on the counter. Please feel free to take one. Take one for a friend if you'd like. Um, we do have plenty of those, and we want them out in circulation. So well, I hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas Eve last night. And uh, I pray that you have both a fun and restful day today. Can we have both fun and restful? <laughs> How many are wiped out from last night, whatever you did? Huh? I mean, I'm sure some of you are. Um, we actually had a very restful day at my house. It was just the two of us and a grand dog. Yeah, so we're, we're babysitting for the holiday week. Um, but the real treat was last night. Uh, you know, in, in the, as Pastor Hans already mentioned, in the Italian household, seven fish night, that's something we did in my house growing up all the time, have seven fish, and then eventually all got winnowed down to just one or two special items. And last night had something different in our house, and it was lobster pie. So that was combining a little bit of Italian background for me and some New England Yankee uh, in me as well. And my wife made this thing, I'm telling you, incredible. I wish I could share it with you. Um, if you like lobster at all, this just brings it up a notch, actually 100 notches. Um, it was just so smooth and so good, really good. 
Really good. I'm sorry you missed it. <laughs> and the thing, the cool, I think the cool thing too, being a New England favorite, is that the recipe is from the public house at Old Sturbridge Village. And there are some of you who went on a senior adult tour with us up to New England a number of years ago. And we actually, I believe we ate in that restaurant, the public house at Old Sturbridge Village, if you remember that. Um, so this was a 1949 recipe. And boy, I'll tell you, it was great. It was great. So that was our evening. And then, of course, some uh, exciting football, even though... Even though my team right now lost, um, the Eagles. Anyways, today's Christmas. We'll move along. So. <laughs> but whatever you do today, I do pray that it be blessed with the Savior's presence. That's what's important. Amen? Let's begin this morning by reading from Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter. Matthew chapter 2, right at verse 1. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. Father God, we thank you for this marvelous day on our calendar. Lord God, we thank you for all that it represents, that it represents the hope of this world being sent from heaven into our dark world so that our sins could be removed, that they could be forgiven, that we could receive new life and life eternal. Lord, I thank you, God, for sending your son into our world to live for us, to live among us, to die for us, to be raised from the dead so that we too could be raised and live forever. We thank you for this incredible promise that prophets for hundreds of years had pointed to. And it became reality. And we celebrate that this morning. And Lord, I pray now your presence the presence of your Holy Spirit now as I share your word today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, I have now experienced, to some degree, 65 Christmases. I say to some degree because, well, it's hard to remember the first few years of your life. I still, I, you know, I experienced them. I just can't remember them because you, it's hard to have memories of things that happened before you turn five years of age. Although, you know, of course, there can be photos, right, that kind of jog your memory, and maybe you think you remember some of those events. But this year, for some reason, I took some time to reflect. And as of preparing this message a while back, I, I asked myself, what was the single best Christmas gift? that I had ever received. I mean, out of all those years, over the last 60 years, what was the best Christmas gift that, I, that I'd ever gotten? And one gift came to mind immediately and only took a few minutes to recall. The minute I asked myself that question, I knew exactly what it was. I really didn't have to think about it. I was completely amazed at how quick the recall happened. But, but you know what? As quickly as I recalled that gift, I then began to feel bad that out of all those years, only this one thing, really? Out of, I mean, you know, 60 years of receiving, there's only one gift that really meant something to me. That's pretty sad. 
I mean, certainly had to be, there had to be a number of great gifts over the years. I mean, I, I, I know my parents. I know that they would have tried to wow me in some way and make me, you know, and it did. I'm sure that every, every Christmas morning there was a smile on my face over what I'd received, but I can't remember any of them except for this one thing. And I, I kept ruminating over this, almost hoping that maybe there was another more spectacular Christmas gift that had come my way, that had really surprised me and overwhelmed me back then. And you know what? It still came down to this one thing. And it's right over here. You know what it is. Some of you probably figured it out already. Yeah. Look at that baby. I mean, that is, that is incredible. I mean, I was probably... 11 years old, and my parents bought me that telescope. This is a refracting telescope. And of course, being Christmas Eve, I immediately assembled the legs. It was all, and I've got a beautiful wood box that it came in. I mean, carry handle and all. Assembled the legs, put the body on top. I got all bundled up because it was so cold up outside. I lived up in New England at the time. But there's, there's, and there's nothing better than a winter sky to see the universe. And although I couldn't stay out there long because it was so cold, and this thing I had to set up, the legs were down into the snow, probably two feet of snow on the ground. And, and then you have these adjustments, and, and the gears have lube on them. And it was so cold, I could barely turn them because all the lube congealed. I was a little frustrated, but I had a blast. And over time, I was able to see planets much better than with the naked eye or even with binoculars. And, and the coolest thing was the first time, took it out with a full moon, I was able to see some definition in the craters of the moon. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool as an 11-year-old back in 19, none of your business. <laughs> I mean, but listen, this has had to have been the very best Christmas gift that I ever received from my parents. Because, after all, I still have it. I still have it. Isn't that validation enough? I knew exactly where it was. I knew exactly where it was in the basement. I mean, I put it in the basement when we moved in the house, but I knew it, and actually, I thought it better be there. Over 50 years old. This thing is an antique. And parents, I know that you, you all rack your brains every year thinking about what will really put a smile on little Johnny's face and Susie, what they like for Christmas. You put all kinds of effort into thinking about what would be so incredibly special to them, right? I mean, something meaningful, something pur purposeful, something amazing. And it's frustrating trying to do that. But you know what? If you really paid attention to what I just shared with you in the last five minutes, you'd realize that in a few months, few years, all of your effort's going to be forgotten. That's all I remember out of 60 years. Think about it. That's pretty sad. I mean, my parents got me something special year after year after year. And yet in the end, after 50 years, that's all that I can remember. So the title for my message today is The Best Gift Ever. The Best Gift Ever. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. We know that Jesus had a humble birth. Just all you got to do is read about it. We commemorate it. We've got this manger scene up here, and that's not really what it looked like, but it's a representation. He was raised by a humble carpenter and his wife, a small town in northern Israel. There was nothing auspicious. There was nothing grandiose about his upbringing. Nothing at all. I'm telling you, just average kid. Average upbringing. And if you think about his arrival into the world and his brief life on this earth and the fact that we remember how, how the crib that he was placed into after his birth was just an animal trough, that's all it was. Some place where, where, you know, goats and sheep and cows would simply eat hay out of that trough. He was basically born in a small barn. After his death, he was laid in a borrowed tomb. A very simple life. He had a very influential life. And we didn't read about his birth this morning. Instead, we jumped ahead about 20 months. And we read about the Magi coming to see him, coming to honor him, coming to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the reason I have us in Matthew chapter 2 this morning is because when I thought about the gifts that the Magi were bringing, I couldn't help but think about how inappropriate they were. 
You heard me. Inappropriate. I mean, for the moment. Now, they do have symbolism. Bible scholars have educated us, and you probably already knew this from past sermons and, and, and reading things. And they did have significance. They had spiritual significance. The gold represented his earthly royalty. The frankincense represented his deity, that he was divine. And the myrrh prophesied representing his death as myrrh was used as an embalming oil in those days. Okay, these are wonderful gifts, but think about this, okay? What good are these gifts to a toddler? That's why I say they're inappropriate. Now, Mary and Joseph, they were able to use these things to boost their financial situation, at least for a little while. They did have value. I'm sure the frankincense and myrrh could have been returned somewhere for store credit. The gold, I mean, they could have used that to pay bills immediately. But these are not things that the boy Jesus could play with and enjoy and share with his friends. And in fact, the Magi were socially so high above his parents as well. I just imagine this being a very awkward encounter. You know, here they are just humble everyday folks. And these Magi are knowledgeable and wealthy and traveled and experienced, full of wisdom. And the two meet together. But all I could think of is I, as I read this passage this year, I, I thought about these gifts. And I want to make it a little bit more contemporary, okay? Because I think they were about as useful as maybe one of your kids getting a U.S. savings bond from you. Or maybe some socks and new underwear, right? That really wows a, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a 20-year-old, I mean, those things just are not as cool as a telescope. And yet again, keep in mind that these magi, just like parents today, put a lot of effort. They did. They put a lot of effort into getting just the right gifts before they went on this long sojourn. And they did travel many, many, many miles in order to witness the king of the Jews. And then to personally, personally deliver They're very thoughtful and generous gifts. Again, they were spiritually appropriate. They were spiritually significant gifts, but they were not age appropriate. And so in gift giving, there are a few different aspects or perspectives that I want us to consider. There are at least three that I'm going to give you this morning. First of all, there's the real value of the gift that's given, right? You can size that up. The minute you open it and it's there, you know, hmm, I mean, I don't know how many, I I don't do that. But think about the gifts from the Magi. Okay, the real value I want you to know is immense. Gold has always had significant value, right? If someone gave you even a small gift today and you open it and had a, just a big chunk of gold in there, you know, you know what you could do with that, okay? You could buy something crazy. Frankincense at the time would have been worth about $500 a pound back then. $500 a pound. Think of the value of what the Magi were giving this young couple. Myrrh was even more pricey at about $4,000 a pound. This was was a sizable gift to this young couple. Now, the symbolic value, you know, is important. We got the real value. We've got the symbolic value. I've already addressed that. Each of those three gifts declared a truth about Jesus. He would be a real king. He was divine in his very nature. And although he was God, he would still die and be buried and then rise again. And then thirdly, there's also the fact that sometimes people don't properly value the gift they're receiving. We have the real value. We have the symbolic value. And right, I mean, you know, I'll tell you what, the the most meaningful gifts other than this telescope in my life over the years have been the sentimental gifts, right? It wasn't the real value. It was what it meant how much work that person put into even finding that or knowing what I'd really want. Those are the things you cherish. And, and when I was trying to recall something, I, wasn't, I didn't go in that direction, obviously. But then there is also the fact that some people will not properly value the gift they're receiving. I'm not sure, and no one can know for sure, if Mary and Joseph were aware of the symbolism of these gifts. 
We know, we know about them today. But I don't know that they knew. I, I don't know how sure they were that Jesus was really going to be this king. That he truly was divine. He was, still, he was only 20 months old. He, it wasn't, they haven't even reached the point where he, as a teenager, he disappears from the group that's traveling. And they're, where are you? And, he said, and he's teaching the rabbis. And he's, I've got to be about my father's business. You know, over time, they realized. I mean, they knew the promise of what the angel had told them. But now, but it steadily became reality. But at 20 months, they probably weren't really thinking about it. But the Magi show up and they did come to worship him. So they got a glimpse that, yes, this, this child of ours is the son of God. But he's just a baby. He's just, still, still just so young. I don't know if they fully understood the symbolism. But they did understand the face value. And they felt honored. And again, they might have felt a little confused and overwhelmed by the Magi showing up at their doorstep. So for a little bit of the remainder of my message today, I don't want to go much longer. I want to focus on that third aspect of gift giving and receiving for just a moment. Because again, sometimes people do not value, properly value the gift that's being offered to them. We don't. And that's precisely what today is all about. Christmas is about you and I receiving the most valuable gift that would ever exist, that could ever exist, that does actually exist. The greatest gift in the world does exist, folks. Obviously, I'm, I'm referring to the gift of eternal life through God sending his own son into our world. And we need to value that gift. And we also need to be able to value it enough to share it with others, too. But here's a question I have for you before I wrap this up this morning. How many of you, how many of you have ever re-gifted a gift? Raise your hand. Don't, don't be shy. Come on. I know I have. I have. I'm going to admit. Wow. We're going to teach on truth in the new year, Pastor Brandon. We're going to teach on truth. Not, I, everybody's hand, I think, should have gone up. I mean, I'll admit it. I have. But for various reasons. And, some, and they're justifiable. I'm going to give you some justifiable reasons so you can walk out of here with no guilt this morning. Okay? First, when I have regifted something, I've done it because I already had two or three of the same thing already. Does that make sense? What do I need one more on my shelf for? Come on. You know, another reason is maybe I, maybe I really wanted someone else to have the gift because I knew that they'd appreciate it more than I would. You've been there? Just trying to help justify yourself. <laughs> Another reason I've regifted because I just knew that someone, I just knew, I just knew it was something that someone else would enjoy more than me. And of course, there's always the fact that I just didn't like the gift. Maybe that's what you feel guilt about sometimes. You just didn't like the gift. I don't want that thing in my house. And the giver did not include a receipt for you to return it. That's rude. But today, once again, is a reminder of God's greatest gift to mankind. We celebrate Christmas in recognition that God sent his son to be a sacrificial lamb, to live among men, to show us how to live. And ultimately, after interacting with mankind face to face, ultimately to die for our sins. Jesus was born to die so that we could be set free from the law of sin and death and receive the spirit of life. Listen to what the Bible says about God in relation to gifts. I've got to tell you, God the Father knows how to give good gifts. Listen to Matthew 7, 11. You, you know this. It says, if you then, speaking of earthly parents, fathers, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And then there's James 1.17, which tells us that every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And then we have Matthew 13, 45, puts the value of things in proper perspective. Listen to this, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant 
in search of fine pearls. And when he found one very precious pearl, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. And finally, Hebrews 2, 3 urges us not to neglect so great a salvation, to not neglect so great a gift as the gift of salvation. You see, there's a common theme all throughout Scripture, and it is that God is a giver. He is the ultimate gift giver and a loving Heavenly Father. And we may not, we may not always value the gifts that others have presented to us. The gift of the Magi was significant, and yet I'm certain it was somewhat misunderstood at the moment. It may have seemed inappropriate at the moment, but it was significant in that each gift was prophetic. And today we celebrate the greatest gift of all, salvation from sin and the promise of eternal life. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son. For all that he did on this earth, the miracles, the healings, the teachings, the love and compassion that he demonstrated. Thank you, Father, for the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and specifically our sins. And that by his spirit, we can be born again and live forever in heaven with you, God. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus Christ was born into our world and now into our hearts, and that we can truly value Christmas and the great gift that it represents. And folks, as we're gathered here this morning, there is the possibility that maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you're a first-time guest or you came with some family and you've never received this gift. There, there's always that possibility. And so I just want to ask this question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you asked him to forgive you of your past? Have you asked him to come into your life and become your Lord and Savior? Because that's what today is about. He came into this world to live among men, to show them how to live, to give his life as a sacrifice so that we would not be doomed for a place called hell, but instead we'd be invited with a warm welcome into eternal life in heaven. And this morning, if you're, if you're here with us as a guest or, or maybe you've been attending here a while and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to encourage you. You need to ask him to forgive you of your sin and come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. And I want to just take a few moments for us to consider that question. And as we do right now, is there someone here today say, Pastor, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I've not done it and I want to ask him into my heart now. If that's you, with no one looking around, would you raise your hand? Because I'm looking around. And, I, and we'll, pray, we'll pray in just a moment. And you can ask them to come into your heart, into your life, if that's you. Is there one here to raise their hand and say, that, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life? Okay. I don't see any hands. And that's usually because we're a family gathering. But Lord Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord, for the wonderful gift of salvation. Lord, I thank you for our church family, that we know you. You've made yourself real to us, and we've received that incredible gift. And Lord, my only prayer at this point, God, is that you'd help us to share that gift with others. Especially as we head into this new year, that we look for opportunity to share the truth of the gospel with those around us. That they would receive this wonderful gift. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Father God, I pray your blessing on each one of us, Lord, as we go to our homes and family gatherings and maybe a little bit of travel for some. Father, I pray your blessing around tables and fellowship. And God, I just thank you for all that you've done for us. I thank you for this wonderful gift that you've given to us. And I pray your blessing on each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas and hope to see you Friday night. God bless you.